What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast, episode 80. Your boy Jalen is back. I know it's been a while, man, um, but guess what? I'm back. The draft is tomorrow. I am so excited. Happy draft eve. Happy draft eve. So to give you a timestamp as we do for all of our episodes, it's about 9 p.m. And I told you, we're draft eve. So it's Wednesday, April 26th, the day before the draft. And I got a special episode for you today. I know we've been going for a while, but guess what, guys? I've been cooking up. I've been cooking up. I've been cooking up. And today, I'm going to be releasing my final seven-round mock draft for the Washington Commanders. I've been cooking up. I've been in the archives. I've been in the film. I've been digging in the crates. I've been digging in the crates, watching the film So um, on a lot of guys so that I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. You know, we're football fanatics over here for the Bleeding B&G podcast. And like I told you guys before, the offseason is fun for us, especially draft season. So every pick that I've picked in this final seven-round mock draft, I do have some knowledge of, um, whether that's watching them through college football in the fall, watching film on them, doing some you know background checks, watching, um, listening and reading draft profiles, and things like that. So without further ado, we have our... Final seven-round mock draft on the night before the NFL draft, the 2023 NFL draft. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe if you're loving this content. I promise, I promise. As I, as I just said on my man Rio Robinson's podcast, once the draft comes, it's like the offseason is over. We have so much news cycling throughout the NFL after the draft um, that it feels like it's a continuation of the season. And before you know it, you'll look up and it'll be September. So I'm so excited. We have a lot of content um, coming out. And um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, like I told you guys before, the draft is some is one of my favorite times of the year. It's like the, dra- the morning of the draft is like waking up on Christmas. That's why I can't wait to get with my guys, the Tay and Todd podcast, the Rambling with Rio um, rambling with Rio podcast, my guy Zach, my guy Alex. Um, I can't wait to chop it up. This is our third annual, you know, draft stream live party, a watch party um, that we'll do. We'll be doing on my man Rio's channel. Um, but hey, like I said, we got some salt in the game now. This is our third annual one. Um, and this is something that I love doing. And without further ado, let's get into this draft. So for the sake of time. And for the sake of having not too many picks and for the sake of fitting these pictures and these graphics and things like that, I didn't do a trade back. Um, I didn't accumulate a load of picks, even though I think that that's our philosophy. I think that that's what we want to do after listening to, you know, Ron Rivera and Marty uh, Martin Mayhew um, in their pre-draft presser last week. I think that the mindset going into the draft is to trade back. But I'm not going to do this for the sake of this seven-round mock draft. So I'm going to be sticking with our original one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks that we have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, our eight picks that we have. I'm going to stick with the original picks that we have at 16, at 47, at 98, 118, 150, 193, 215, and 233. So I'm going to be making our eight picks from our eight original picks that we have so as of right now on Wednesday, April the 26th, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. So I'll tell you who I went along with for the pick, and then I'll tell you some of the names that was on the board um, to let you guys, you know, decide if I made the right pick as far as, you know, need, as far as the best talent available and things like that for our Washington Commanders. And let me know how I did at the end of the draft. 
Uh, please leave a comment. If you think this is an A-plus draft, let me know. If you think this is an F-minus draft, let me know. Uh, like I said, I love interacting with the fans and things like that um, and with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into this mock draft. So with round one, pick 16, I, along with many others, and this is how the, um, excuse me, before I get started, we use Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator, um, and I tried to make the draft as real, realistic as possible. Um, I know they have some prospects ranked criminally criminally low, um, like they have Yaya Diaby lasting them to like the sixth round, some things that just aren't going to happen, so I tried to be as realistic as possible, um, so hopefully you guys enjoy like I said, round one, pick 16. I, along with many others, as it seems to be, went with offensive tackle Darnell Wright from Tennessee. This guy's about 6'5". This guy's about 360 pounds. I think he got to around 340 in the combine and things like that. Um, but I think that he's the second best tackle in the draft um, behind Paris Johnson Jr. As far as just raw skill set, who's ready to play right now, I think that he's the second best tackle right now in the NFL draft. I think that he's a guy that can come in and play your right tackle position from day one, even though I know we brought in Andrew Wiley to play that position. I don't think Andrew Wiley's the type of guy that prevents you from, you know, drafting a potential pro bowl or potential all pro caliber player like I see in Darnell Wright. Um, this is a guy that held the pocket up strong for Hendon Hooker in the past two, uh, 2022 season. And he also has experience playing left tackle as well. So this is a guy that screams positional flex, something that, you know, Coach Ron Rivera loves. Um, and this is a, a guy that I, I know I, I was listening to his, I think it was Move the Chains interview with Pat Curran. He really believes that he can play left tackle. You know, it's something that he hasn't done since 2021. But I think that he has the athleticism, and not just that, but the sheer power and the sheer strength to hold on with either um, bookend tackle position. Um, I think that he can be a potential all-pro at the right tackle position. But I think he has pro bowl talent to play at the left tackle position as well. So with the 16th pick, we went offensive tackle Darnell Wright from the University of Tennessee. Some names that were on the board that may entice Washington or may entice you guys um, as Washington Commander fans. We have running back Bajon Robinson on the board from the University of Texas. You know, he's been a hot topic amongst Washington Commander fans. We had outside linebacker Nolan Smith. And we also had Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks, who will personally be my second choice for pick 16. Um, it was hard to pass on Banks, but to get a potential all-pro right tackle in Darnell um, Wright, that's why I went along with that pick. So, moving on into the second round. Round two, pick 47. We have a stud that fell to us. And this is how the draft tends to go. You know, you never expect some guys to fall as far as they do. And I didn't expect this guy to fall to us at 47. But, boy, I'm glad that he did. And that is tight end, Darnell Washington from Georgia, the University of Georgia. This guy is 6'8", 270 pounds. And he's a freak of nature. If you watch his combat performance... He has some impressive jumping numbers, some impress, uh, impressive 40 number. And the thing that impressed me about the combine is this is a guy that was really held for his blocking. You know, his, his nickname is the extra lineman, the sixth lineman. And we know that that's something that we can use for the Washington Commanders, man. I know we brought in Andrew Wiley, and I know we brought in guard help with Nick Gates and things like that. But we were getting our ass whipped along the edges last year, along the perimeter, especially along the tackle positions. You know, Charles uh, Leno fell off. Um, particularly later in the season. And Sam Cosby, I think they're moving him to guard. And like I said before, 
I don't, I don't think Andrew Wiley is a guy that's going to predict. Uh, I don't think he's a all pro caliber player. When I mentioned, I don't think that he's a guy that prevents you from um, bringing in Darnell Wright. So you might need to give him as much help as possible if you need a tight end to chip and things like that. And that is what Darnell Washington excels at. But the thing that separates him from a lot of other tight ends, I think he's a tier two tight end under Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer, who were gone off the board by our pick at 47. I think that he might be the third ranked tight end in the class on our board um, over here on the Bleeding B&G board. But he's the best blocker by far. He's the best blocker by far. There was a video that came out shortly after the combine when it was just like, look at how Darnell Washington is moving the blocking slid compared to other tight ends. And it was it was a comparison video to like Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid who are in tier one. And Darnell Washington just made it look easy. He made those guys look like children pushing that slit. And for a guy that can contribute in both the run and the pass game, he excites me. Uh, and we know what Eric Bieniemy can do with tight ends. Now I'm not saying that he had, you know, Travis Kelsey type route running, route running ability, his movement skills, or anything like that. But this is a guy that can contribute in a multitude of ways, um, and that gets me excited um, to have at the pick 47 for the Washington Commanders. So so far we have offensive tackle Darnell Wright and the extra O lineman tight end Darnell Washington getting our help along the trenches, man. Somebody got to keep Sam Howell upright. Um, some guys that were on the board at pick 47. We had quarterback Hendon Hooker. We had guard Steve Avila. And we also had interior lineman John Michael Schmitz. John Michael Schmitz, I've heard that he has uh, the potential of playing both center and guard. Um, but the pick that was on the board that probably hurt me to pass up on the most was Steve Avila. I've been a big Steve Avila guy since early in the draft, in the draft season. I watched a lot of TCU. Those are my gambling darlings. You know, we're probably Parpy's, Parley Poppy over here at Bleeding B&G. But those are my gambling darlings. So I, I played a lot of attention to TCU this past year. And I think that Steve Avila has the potential to be the best guard in this class. So to pass up on him for a guy like Darnell Washington, um, that kind of kind of hurt. Kind of hurt. But the, um, the good thing about it is that I think that this interior offensive line class is very deep. And I think that we can get better value later in the rounds at guard than we can for a tight end, specifically what we're looking for, um, help on those perimeters of the edges um, of the line and things like that, where I think that Darnell, um, Darnell Washington can be a huge contributor. So moving on to round three, pick 98. This is a guy that some may think that we reached for, but this is a guy that we've met with a multi uh, multiple times throughout the draft season and things like that. And this is a guy that I think is a, a, a really – Really nice scheme fit for what we like to do defensively, especially in that secondary. And that's quarterback Caillou Blue Kelly from the University of Stanford. This is a guy that's around 6 feet, 6'1". He has super long arms. Um, he's a guy that can play press coverage and play off. Um, but he excels in zone coverage. Um, and that's something that we play a lot of over here with the Washington Commanders, whether that be cover two, whether that be cover three or quarters. Um, you know, Coach Ron Rivera, he's not really known to take a lot of DBs early in the draft, and that's kind of what paused me from taking Deontay Banks in the first round. Um, and just going with um, some trends that I see from the Hernies, the Mayhews, the Ron Rivera's, and things like that. Um, they love those long-arm corners in the middle to late rounds, kind of like a Josh Norman. Think of those types and things like that. A Benjamin St. Juice. They love these long corners. Uh, and I think that Caillou Blue Kelly, um, he might have the potential of being the fastest cornerback in the room already. Uh, I'm not sure his 40 time right off the top of my head. Um, but when you got guys like Benjamin St. Juice is running a 4 5 
um, and Kendall Fuller, who has clearly lost a couple of steps, I think that help on the boundary corner um, is needed. Um, and a guy like Caillou Blue Cutty can come in and be an instant contributor right away. Some guys that were on the board, uh, wide receiver Nathaniel Tank Dell from the University of Houston, linebacker Diane Henley, and slot corner Jartavius Martin from the University of Illinois. Diane Henley is from Washington State. Um, the pick that hurt me to pass up on the most here is Diane Henley um, because I think he has the potential of being the best middle linebacker in the class um, when it's all said and done. I wouldn't necessarily give him that right now because Jack Campbell's such a stud. But I think that Diane Henley's athletic ability gives him uh, the potential of reaching a ceiling that I don't think that Jack Campbell can reach. Um, he's a tackling machine. Um, so if we didn't go Caillou Blue Kelly, um, and I just ultimately thought that cornerback was a bigger lead, need than linebacker. And I think that, you know, Coach Rivera and Coach Del Rio would think that as well because they don't seem to give a damn about linebackers. Um, they would have two on their roster um, if it was up to them. And that's surprising being so that they being that they both were linebackers in their playing past. Um, and that's always been surprising to me. Um, but they don't seem to put a lot of stock in a linebacker or they seem to think that they can coach it up to be at least effective enough uh, to, you know, not be a weak link in this defense. Um, and I think that the cornerback position is more valuable. So that's why I gave Caillou Blue Kelly the edge over linebacker Diane Henley. So moving on to round four, pick 118. This is a guy that's been rumored to visit Washington a numerous of times as well. This is a guy that we've been rumored to be meeting with numerous times as well. Uh, this is linebacker DeMar DeMarvian Overshone from Texas. Now, I know that it's listed as linebacker and things like that, but this is a guy who's a jack-of-all-trades. Call, I call him a joker. That's his position for me. He's a joker out of the University of Texas. And what I mean by joker is think of a JOK-type player coming out of the 2021 draft, a Jeremiah owosu uh, type of player coming out of the 2020 dra uh, draft, somebody that we had linked to us at 16 that fell all the way to the second round has proved to be a pretty productive player when he's healthy. Um, DeMar being overshone is just a souped-up version of that. At 6'2", about 232 pounds, this is a guy that can rush off the edge. This is a guy that has off-ball linebacker capability. And I just mentioned that I don't think that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio buy into the traditional linebacker sense when they're thinking about their roster construction and things like that. I think that they're looking for a joker. Um, Overshone is a guy that can play uh, Buffalo nickel in a pinch in a type of base defense and things like that, as well as his ability to play off-ball linebacker and rush the edge. Um, this is a guy who's a speedy linebacker who has sideline to sideline range and makes a lot of plays in the box. Um, so this is part of the reason why I passed on Diane Henley because there's some pretty, pretty good, you know, linebacker depth in the middle of the draft. Nobody necessarily stands out outside of like Jack Campbell. Um, but there's a lot of guys that, um, grade similarly, um, in the middle of the draft. For instance, some of the guys that were on the board were Ivan Pace Jr., middle linebacker from the University of Cincinnati, Christopher Smith, safety from the University of Georgia, and Sean Tucker, running back from, I believe, Syracuse. Um, so DeMarvian Overshaw, um, a lot of people don't know him, so a lot of people may consider this a reach, but considering what we want to do, um, considering that there's clearly interest in the player, we've met with him numerous times. He's, um, I think he's taking a visit to Washington as well. Um, so there's clear interest there and we don't, you, we don't seem to buy into the, 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 the sense of the traditional linebacker. And that's something that Overshone isn't, as I told you, he's a joker. 
So I, I call him my joker out of the University of Texas. He's a guy that you can use as a chess piece on the defense. And no, I'm not saying that he's this type of player. But think about how the Dallas Cowboys use Micah Parsons. When it's time to get a sack on third and long, he's rushing off the edge. If they need him to cover a linebacker at the off-ball linebacker position, he can do that too. Think of DeMar, DeMar being overshown to having that type of potential. Not at such an elite level as Micah Parsons, who when he's on his best, he's a top 10 player in the NFL. But think of him as like a baby Micah Parsons. That's why he's going in the fourth round. He doesn't have that awareness, you know, that elite pass rushing ability. But he's somebody that can get it done in a pinch, for sure. All right, moving on to round five. Oh, man, we can move it along. We chugging along right along with this draft. And we're making good time. Round five, pick 150 in this draft. I went with offensive guard Andrew Voorhees from the University of Southern California. He's a USC Trojan. Um, and this is a guy who's just strong. This is a guy who's just strong. He's mean. He's gritty. Lunch pill type of guy. Um, this is a guy who benched 38 uh, reps in the bench press. His athletic numbers weren't crazy, but if you turn on the film, this is a guy who's consistently consistently dumping guys, putting guys on their back. Um, he can he can have a international house of pancakes, an IHOP with all the pancakes that he's had over there in the Pac-12. And this is a guy who I think that his game is going to translate as well. Um, while he doesn't have elite movement skills, this is a guy I think that can work with that inside zone scheme that I think that Eric Bieniemy wants to implement um, with the Washington Commanders, something that he brought from, you know, his running back days as a running back as well as a running back coach, coaching some of the greats like Adrian Peterson and Maurice Jones-Drew. So I think that a guy like Voorhees can excel in that inside zone type of scheme um, where he's just got to move a guy off his spot and move his feet a little bit. I think he's a capable enough athlete where he can he can move his feet just enough uh, as long as well as with that strength, like I said, 38 reps on the bench press. He was one of the highest um, rep, um, bench pressers in the um, combine in this class this year. Um, so uh, this is a guy that can get it done in a multitude of ways. And he offers position flex as well, playing both guard positions in college. Um, and that's something that, you know, Coach Ron Rivera loves. And he is a West Coast boy, you know. Um, that's a seems to be a theme as we get later into the draft. Um, and, you know, we, we do our scouting on the West Coast. You know, Coach Coach Jack Del Rio and Coach Ron Rivera from over there. So, uh, they're pretty familiar with that territory. So, at round five, pick 150, offensive guard Andrew Voorhees from the University of Southern California. Some names that were on the board. Running back Kenny McIntosh from the University of Georgia. Running back Tajay Spears from Tulane. And a cornerback Jacorian Bennett from the University of Maryland. So, yes, the University of Maryland has two draft-eligible corners this year. Uh, and we passed on both of them. And we passed on both of them, and they were pretty high names um, on the board when we were set to pick in the first and the fifth round. Sorry to my Terp fans. But I do love me some Deontay Banks. I want that to be known. I do love me some Deontay Banks. Uh, but Darnell Wright was definitely the pick there at 16. So moving on to round six, pick 193. We're staying on the West Coast. We're staying on the West Coast. Now, I know I know Coach Ronnie says Sam is our guy. But I just find that hard to believe for a guy that you weren't going to start in week 18. And now, yes, we are in the sixth round, so I'm not drafting this guy to come in, and I think that he's going to be taking Sam Howell's, Sam Howell's spot by any means. But Sam Howell was only drafted in the fifth round. Sam Howell would only be drafted a round higher than this guy that I'm going with. And before I bury the lead, this guy that I'm going with is quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. And if you guys are familiar with college football, this is a guy who's a magician with the ball in his hands. Not the most accurate thrower, but he improved over time. 
But I think his best passing um, film coming through this past season shows, shows that he's on an ascension. It shows that he's on the right path. Um, it shows that he's improving. And it shows that he's a guy that's willing to, you know, take coaching and get better. Um, but he's dynamic as a runner as well. Um, this is a guy that throughout, um, throughout his career, he's put UCLA's offense on his back. This is a guy that didn't have much outside of himself on UCLA's offense, but they were able to compete um, in the, in the uh, Pac-12, which isn't the strongest league, but for the fact that they were able to compete with some of the no-names that they were having at running back and wide receiver. And simply on the offense, um, it's, it's a testament to what Dorian Thompson Robinson is as a football player, not just a quarterback, but as a football player. As I mentioned, he isn't the most accurate thrower. He's about 6'1", about 215 pounds. Um, so he has similar size to um, a guy like Sam Howe. But as I mentioned before, in Eric Bieniemy's offense, this is a guy who, ex who, who, who wants to get his playmakers in space. And why not draft a project to come in here? Who's a playmaker in space that can come compete with Sam Howe and Jacoby Brissett? And if it flames out, guess what? You wasted a six-round pick on him. It's not like you wasted total high draft capital. But if it pans out, this is a guy that you can get on a rookie contract for a year after what you think that Sam Howe is going to be if Sam Howe doesn't pan out. You know, that's the biggest talking point that Coach Ron Rivera has really had um, as far as Sam Howe. He's not really talking about his talent. He always goes to, hey, man, we got a guy on a rookie quarterback. No matter how good they are, it's like their biggest worry is that we got a guy on a, uh, on a, a rookie contract. Excuse me. We got a guy on a rookie contract that allows us to roster build. But guess what? I'm a big believer in drafting a quarterback in every round, I mean, in every draft. Um, until you get the answer right. And we don't know if Sam Howell is the answer. So why not bring in another project in Dorian Thompson Robinson to have these guys compete? The, at the worst case, he's going he's gonna to push Sam Howell. He's going to push him. At the very worst case. And you have him for this season, and then he's in the XFL next year. But I doubt that happens. Um, with the type of worker that he's shown to be, with the improvements that he made as a passer, um, and he's too dynamic of an athlete to just not not utilize on the field at some points. Um, we may even see some potential packages with him. Um, you know, some special type gadget plays and things like that um, can be utilized with him during his rookie year. Some names that were on the board. Jackson Player, Jalen Green, and another quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. The reason why I went with Dorian Thompson Robinson over a guy like Aiden O'Connell is just simply the, the mobility aspect, which is something that I think that Coach um, Eric Bieniemy places a keen emphasis on. All right, we're now at the final round of the draft. We have two picks, at, um, pick 215 and 233 in round seven. Staying on the West Coast, actually staying with UCLA. With pick 215, I have the commander selecting guard Antonio Maffi. This is a guy that we've been rumored to have interest in. I think he actually took a visit to Washington or maybe like a Zoom meeting or something like that. But this is a guy, he's huge. He's about 340 pounds. And I'm not sure if he's the most, you know, most compatible scheme fit. I don't think that he can, um, I mean, I don't think that he can excel in zone like a guy like Andrew Voorhees that I mentioned earlier. But this is a guy who's nasty. Like I said, 340 pounds. He's going to put a guy on the ground. And at this point in round seven, you're taking developmental pieces. So who knows if we can get him a little more athletic to excel in that inside zone stretching um, game and things like that. Um, but we know that he's nasty. We know that he likes to maul people because that's what he did at UCLA. And he, he got dudes off his spot. He got dudes off his spot. And that's nothing. That's You can't ask for much more in a developmental guard in the seventh round. 
Um, I didn't even list the names that were on the board at this point. It was a lot of undrafted free agents and guys that I haven't heard of. And I'm a huge college football fan, so for me not to have heard of them, they probably um, don't have a chance in the NFL. I'm sorry to say it. Um, sorry to be as brutally honest as I am, but yeah. Moving on to round seven, pick 233. We close our class out. We close the draft out with some local flavor. And we draft a specialist. Sorry to all my Joey Sly fans out there. Um, I know my man just got married, so I hate to have to ruin the honeymoon. But we draft kicker Chad Ryland out of Maryland. Um, Chad Ryland's up for debate with the um, University of Michigan kicker as being the two best kickers in the draft class. Um, I went ahead and gave Ryland the edge because I think he's a little bit more accurate. Uh, while his leg may not be stronger, I think he does have a strong leg. But um, I gave him an edge because he's a local type. He's a local boy, you know? Got to side with my Terps. I've been passed on two Terps in Deontay Banks and Ja'Korian Bennett throughout the draft. And Chad Ryland is a guy who I think has the potential of being a Pro Bowl and, and let alone an All-Pro kicker. So if you're getting a Pro Bowl or All-Pro player in the seventh round, no matter what the position is, that's a steal. So to close out our draft with round seven, pick 233, our Washington Commanders select Kicker Chad Ryland out of the University of Maryland. And that'll do it for our seven-round final mock draft. I'm so excited. I can't wait for the draft tomorrow. That'll do it for episode 80 of the Bleeding BNG podcast. As always, if you're not following us on social media, be sure to follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at Bleeding BNG. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. Our Twitter is spelled a tad bit different. That one's at Bleeding BNG. But it's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. As I mentioned before, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe. That's how we finesse these, um, this algorithm. And I love interacting with all you guys, especially on YouTube, because I can kind of put names and faces. We can chop it up in the comments and things like that. If you're checking us out on audio-only uh, platform, just for our podcast, specifically on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a rating. Be sure to leave a review. As I always say, let's finesse these algorithms. And if you love Bleeding BNG, let's finesse these algorithms so that when you're searching anything Washington Commanders, anything Washington football, Bleeding BNG is one of the first things that pop up. I told you guys I got a lot more content coming. We're in the nitty-gritty of the draft season. We're in the nitty-gritty of the offseason. And that's just going to roll into football season, man. OTAs next week. You know, we still got the exclusive access to OTAs as the season ticket holders. So I'm going to give you some nice OTA vlogs and things like that. So be sure to tap into the page. Be sure to subscribe. And I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.